Hey guys, it's Larray and Chimian. Oh, look at her with some pep in her voice. Welcome to another episode of Black Queer and dot 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 dot, where the dot 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 today is a conversation mm-hmm. with a gentleman named Lex Newman. Yes, uh, that is his AKA. Um, his name is actually Marcus Lex Thompson. Uh, he's a photographer and a videographer and the brainchild behind femininity, mm-hmm. which he calls an international photo movement for trans, feminine, and gender nonconforming femmes. It is um, the aim is to play a part in raising awareness for trans beauty and to create a conversation that will signify solidarity among all people by showing the strength and diversity of the global trans community. So mm-hmm. we got to talk to him about what he's doing um, in mm-hmm. the trans community with femininity and also um, toxic masculinity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was a cool combo. It Hope was. you all enjoy. Hope you guys enjoy it. Sit back, relax, and take a listen. Enjoy, y'all. Bye. Welcome to the quiet storm. Just kidding. Enjoy. <laughs> when I hear black, you know, I mean, that's a very, <laughs> that's a very tricky uh, term to be referred to as a color um, and, and to have that color be in people's minds, obviously associated almost exclusively with the negative. Right. Like black ball or black male or. Black male, M A L E. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. <laughs> it's uh, it can be very, you know, I have mixed feelings about it, but I understand that language is something that is pretty much decided upon by society, so that we have words to use to have conversations. So, I mean, without looking too deep into it, you know, if somebody calls me black, I don't feel offended unless they say it with a certain connotation or with a certain, um, you know, voice. You know, some people can say like black you know what i mean like you can put a little force behind it in, in a different way to where it has different meanings it feels like but i mean when i hear the word black you know um it's i just think of a culture of american african-american people um you know it's very difficult to kind of put a real word on um an entire group of people who really don't have their roots traceable back as far as historically outside of america so um, when you say black, I just feel like you're talking about us in America. <laughs> you know? Yes. Mm, for sure. But, you know, a lot of people have their hangups about that word as well, you know, and, you know, everybody's different. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, so if some people don't like to hear that word, some people don't mind to, to use it. Um, I don't really feel either way, you know, it's really just a word to me. All of these are just words. We can get mm-hmm. into and we could really argue about etymolo- uh, etymology <laughs> all night, mm-hmm. all day, you know, but it's really just words to me. So, you know, when I hear that, I think of black, black folks in America. Um, queer, queer, by definition, in my mind, is is really undefinable um, in the sense of being definitively outside of what would be considered to be quote-unquote, the norm. Mm-hmm. So trying to define queerness 
in my mind, is like trying to define the undefinable. Um, so I really like the word queer and the fact that it can be so all-encompassing and it can be so um, inclusive and really allow for people to find themselves inside of what they consider to be their own uh, association with queerness. Yeah. Um, and I really love that. Um, I love that by de definition is undefinable. But, you know, these days, and actually at all times, but I mean, especially now with more access to the internet and more um, digital um, community building and Twitter and everybody together, that's like a queer culture and a queer community that um, in different ways has adapted their own language and has adapted their own ways of being, which comes along with, um, I don't know if unfortunately is the correct word, but it can sort of make a image of what it looks like to be a queer person or how queer people talk or how queer people usually show up. And I feel like in my humble opinion, it kind of goes against the idea of queerness to try to make an image that can be attached to what it means to be queer because what does it mean to be queer? It means to be <laughs> yourself outside of the box that is societal norms. You know, mm -hmm. that's kind of long-winded, but you know, that's how I feel about yeah. queer. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Thank you for sharing. So, you know, as you know, we wanted to have you on. Can you hear me okay, Lex? Because oh, yes. I'm also soft-spoken. Okay. okay, good. Um, okay. We wanted to have you on because we want to chat a little bit about toxic masculinity. And um, we felt it was important, of course, to include men uh, in that conversation. And what's, I think, really, really unique, especially considering the work that you do with, uh, with trans women and the beautiful photos uh, that you take, um, I imagine that you've had um, you've sort of dealt with the impact of toxic masculinity. And the, the reason why I say that, I was reading a recent interview that you did and you, you mentioned that for some trans women that you photograph or that you're preparing to photograph, there's some elements of fear sometimes that comes up. And I can't help but think that that's somehow tied to this notion of toxic masculinity. I could be wrong, but I, I want, we want to start off with just asking you what is toxic masculinity in your mind and how does it impact maybe the work that you do or what it uh, means to be a black man in this world? Uh, yeah, toxic masculinity. Everybody's, everybody's, it's a real buzzword. And I feel like just like a lot of uh, language that I don't want to say is being created, but it's being coined um, in the modern day is not very much understood on a large basis by the sheer fact of how much it is used um, and how many different things that it can be associated with and how many different times someone may have been called at when you know they don't really understand even what the definition definition is. So uh, that's a great question. Thank you for that question. I mean, sure. I feel like um, toxic masculinity um, through my own ponderings, uh, I tried to uh, sort of distill it down to being the most basic phrase, which is just masculinity that is unbalanced. 
So it's just like, you know, if you think of what it means to be a masculine man in society, you think of things like, um, not to say that, you know, people who are feminine of center or, you know, mm-hmm. people who identify as women or, or more on the feminine side of the spectrum don't have these attributes. But when you think of traditional masculinity, you do think of like strength and you think of like being big or being able to control spaces or being able to protect and provide and being able to do these kinds of things. And I feel like when you focus completely on being as powerful and able to have control and domineering as possible without tending to or even acknowledging any feminine attributes at all, you get a person who is unbalanced um, and who is just really um, unhinged in a way because so much of your energy is being funneled through trying to show your power and and trying to control and trying to, you know, prove that you are more powerful than this person and that you can take them down, even if that means through violence. As a matter of fact, I mean, in all male interaction, the underlying threat of violence is really what keeps things on the level because it's like, if things get out of control, then you know we're going to scrap. And if we scrap, then one of us might die. And it's like, that's the underlying (laughs) frequency that exists in a lot of male interaction. So if you are consistently trying to be as much of that as possible, then what happens is when you have any emotion, you're only able to funnel that through violence or funnel that through proving yourself or proving that you are what it means to be a man in the world. So, I mean, you know, that was a bit long-winded, but to sum it up, I just feel like it's being imbalanced and not, you know, um, acknowledging the fact that every person is more of a spiritual being, not to get off too far into things like that, if people don't believe in that, but as far as what I believe, people are more of energy than they are anything else. And, you know, we all have a masculine and feminine side, so not to acknowledge that feminine side at all creates a toxic man. <laughs> it, it does take a lot of a lot of unpacking and a lot of work and a lot of unlearning, which is the ultimate form of learning. <laughs> like if you think learning is difficult, unlearning <laughs> takes yeah. about twice as long and twice as much intention. And um, it's it's uh in, in a process of undoing yourself in certain ways, you can feel other parts of you sort of pull, pull with what you're trying to, you know, um, expunge from yourself. So you can almost feel like you're losing yourself sometimes mm-hmm. and it can be a very volatile sort of process. But um, I think that to have some kind of community or to have a very, very strong grounding in yourself or in some form of spirituality or in some form of meditation um, or in any kind of thing that keeps you grounded I think yeah. that's possible. And I feel like that's the thing that most, you know, men are afraid to do is really to, to really begin to even ask questions to themselves, even in their own minds, because they're afraid that it's going to lead to them ultimately not being society, societally what it means to be a man. Wow. So, 
know, so much, so much is really just about trying to prove something to other men or actually to the world, really, that your man card is still valid and it's up to date and you can check it. And it's like, societally, what it means to be a man is just so antiquated and so old. And I feel like what it means to be a woman these days is all, it's like there's so many conversations around it. There's so much growth and there's so much difference uh, for instance, what it meant to be like women's roles in like 1940 compared to like 2020 are wildly um, being updated. Whereas men's way of being is like set in stone. And it's like, <laughs> right. right. yo, you can't take a Model T and get on a freeway and try to drive with like new Teslas or like new, wow, that's <laughs> a really new team cool. models. You know what I mean? It's like, right. you know, you're in the way now and it's getting dangerous because you're so, you're not able to keep up. So if you switch a lane and somebody run into you, it's like, <laughs> yo, you need to not be on the road with this old ass machine. I'm sorry for the, uh, for the, <laughs> for the word, but uh, yeah, I don't know, not to get your into an analogy, but yeah, it's just, um, yeah that's where the whole kind of idea of like new man or newman comes from like being newman, okay. a man that is that is equipped for the new world in a way right. because the world is never going to stop it's not going to roll back it's not going to revert it's not going to wait everything is always moving forward and if men are not doing that as well then we are only looking to be putting ourselves in positions of detriment putting ourselves in positions of being hurt and put ourselves in positions of being afraid. And I feel like that's a lot of what's happening. Men are afraid. And, and when you hear men lashing out against women or lashing out against their own intimate partners or lashing out against trans women and, like, you know, doing these senseless murders. Like, you know, the other day, um, very, very young woman had her hands tied and burned to death beyond recognition, mm-hmm. you know, at the hands of, you know, God knows who, but, you know, it's really just, it's men lashing back from fear. Um, and the real problem is that it is fear, but so much of what it means in the world to be a man um, absolutely in no way allows for fear. It only has its, has its way of existing through violence. And so you just get a lot of, you know, yeah. It don't got to be like that in so many words, you know? Right. You can feel, you can be, you don't have to be somebody who's always trying to, you know, be either have no emotion or be proven to somebody that you would take it as far as killing them. Yeah. Because yeah. you are a man or whatever the F that means, you know? I don't make fun of phobias because I believe that phobias are a real thing. Like people mm, are afraid sure. of spiders and they're afraid yeah. of, you know, Heights. or whatever. You know what I mean? Like they're legit afraid of things. But when I think of transphobia and homophobia, I'm like, is this really a thing? Like, is this really a fear? Like, because uh-huh. a phobia is a fear, right? right. So right. to say that you're transphobic, transphobic, that means you have a fear of trans people. And so in my head, I'm like, this can't really be a fear though. Like, what is it that something you're like. fearing? Yeah. It has to be something else mm. underneath that you're really afraid of, or that you're really insecure about. Like, mm. is it really a fear or what, what, 
what is it? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good segue based on what you said about being unbalanced, right? That to me, there seems like there's some connection between mm. uh, being, you know, unbalanced man in the world, trying to always, as you said, you know, retain your your man card, whatever that mm. means. You know what I mean? Um, and right. this idea, this this connection with phobia, transphobia, and homophobia, and the way that it manifests um, in various uh, communities. Mm. So curious to know what your thoughts are on transphobia and, and homophobia and are these things or these, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna tell you, y'all asking all the right questions, you know, these are the things. <laughs> 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 I really, I really ponder these things very often. And I feel like anytime um anytime that uh I have had, not anytime, but oftentimes when I've had to track excuse me, when I've tried to have conversations with people about homophobia or transphobia, especially, um, the conversation never really gets to be born. It never really gets to live because people get stopped on the fact that phobia is attached to the word. And then they're like, I'm not scared. I'm not scared enough, but I'm not, you know, I'm not scared of nobody, you know? And it's like the conversation never really gets to have because you get caught in this semantic hangup and it's just like, now you're trying to explain to them what the word means. And then because of that, you know, language is clunky by nature. You know, it's difficult to use, you know, your mouth vibrating and your throat vibrating in a way <laughs> to explain like all the complexity of like, especially the human experience. And, you know, I digress. It's just like people get caught up on the word and, you know, they don't really get to have any conversation about, you know, the real issue at hand. But I feel like, I feel like, you know, it's a uh, it's an amalgamation. It's a, it's a huge mixture of a lot of different things uh, that make people la- act the way that they do around um, people who they don't understand. And I feel like it comes from that lack of understanding. And we all have heard the term, you know, that's even Nas, you know, people fear what they don't understand. Mm-hmm. hate what they can't conquer. I guess that's just the, you know, that's just how it goes. So... I mean, I really think it is based in fear. Um, it's based in fear um, in the sense of homophobia. And, you know, I could talk about cis women, but, you know, that's not as much as my place as it is to call in men and to speak from, you know, experience from the, the masculine center. So I feel like for men with homophobia, the main fear is you, because when you see something, <laughs> you sort of, put yourself in that position and you think of yourself doing that thing. And then, you know, if you don't mesh with that, it can make you feel adverse to it. So if a man who is cis, heterosexual, who sees two men holding hands or sees them um, doing any sort of um, public acts of intimacy, like kissing or anything of that nature, he imagines himself then if he had a man holding his hand and kissing him. And because he doesn't like that, instantly that feeling is associated with their love. Mm. Then he's like, because he's afraid of that, you know, and like I said, it's not all fear he definitely would not want that for himself. And so he doesn't want to associate with that. And so he puts that on the, on the opposite side of a battlefield. And 
you know, there's definitely fear in the mixture, but um, a lot of it is just misunderstanding and also um, lack of experience, um, especially with uh, trans people. You know, trans people have existed since the beginning of time, but, you know, now right. on large platforms, finally there's sort of started to be conversations that are had, and, you know, here's the many, many more. But I feel like with trans people, especially, there's like absolutely no understanding of like <laughs> what that means. Um, like for most people, they understand what it means to be gay or what it means to be homosexual. It's like, okay, this man likes men. Okay, I get that. I might not like that for myself, but okay, I get that. Or this woman, you know, is intimate with another woman, which is, you know, it's weird but guys would be like i mean okay i can I see that you know it's like they, uh-huh. they'll, they'll kind of you know be on board with that but when it comes to men they're like absolutely no part you know full stop period but i mean there's been more time in mainstream media for people to get um an understanding of and to have experience um whether it be little and there needs to be more representation um as well in that regard but i feel like people can understand gayness and so mm-hmm. they are less afraid or because they have more experience um they may not have friends they have in their actual immediate friend circle right um, but they live you know they may have had several occurrences where they came across you know people who um, live their lives in that way so they have a bit more understanding with trans people number one you can't always look at i mean a lot of people feel like they can but you can't look at a trans person right. and be like oh that's trans that's trans people. right yeah yeah so a lot of people have met trans people they don't even know yeah you know, right yeah. you know which is a whole another conversation but i mean people just have no positive experiences not no but very few positive experiences to draw from when it comes to transness so you have several, several Hollywood scandals, you know, where you have men who may have been doing things and then they get found out and then there's all this negative press around it. Mm-hmm. Or you could even take it back to Jerry Springer, you know, Maury Povich, and then you have, right. uh-huh. you know, people being dragged out on stage and, you know what I mean? Right. People confessing their love for their partners who were very much in love with them. And then, you know, they find out this person is trans and then you see... I'm talking about I'm gonna kill you and this and that, and then they mm-hmm. pan to the crowd, and the crowd laughing, and they're like, "Oh wow!" They're making all these faces. So it's like all this negativity associated in people's minds with transness, and I feel like that builds um, misunderstanding, and mm-hmm. that's just asking for fear. Like when you have a misunderstanding of, of anything, like some people don't understand. Like I don't know, what's something I could liken it to. Um, some people don't understand like um, Islam or like being Muslim so when they see a person in hijab they're like oh wow uh oh yo I don't like right. <laughs> like yo what's about to happen is it all good like can we can we ride this plane you know what I'm saying <laughs> like I've seen I've seen people's faces in that way especially you know in the past when other things had happened that had been supposedly attributed to the Muslim community. And it's like, yo, obviously not everybody's like that, but you know, any misunderstanding. It's such ignorance. It's ignorance. Yeah, straight up ignorance. You know, but even to say it's ignorance, people will hear that word and their association with that word, their misunderstanding of the word, it'll feel like an attack. And as soon as 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 the person feels belittled, condescended to, or attacked, then they're closed. They're closed for business. There's no Mm. more conversation 
now we're fighting and now they're just they're just trying to defend their honor and um you know it's very it could be a, a very precarious sort of dance trying to talk to people <laughs> um mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of patience and uh i know a lot of people don't have that patience because especially people who are trans they don't have the patience especially yeah. you talking about their humanity like you're talking about that person and you say yeah. it exists they're not going to sit there and be like Hmm. Well, have you thought about it in this way? Like, it's not right. about the people, kind of, you yeah. know, lollygagging. It's going to be like, hey, look, what you want to do? Because, you know, I'm standing right here. Right. Um, I feel like that's the, the, the place of, of people, you know, and I'm not trying to call myself an ally. That's never the thing to do. But, you know, some people have referred to me in that way. And I feel like as a person who loves all people and who also has done a lot of work with the trans community, who is cis to be able to speak to other cis people because I might be able to have the patience that a person who is of trans experience, not to say they don't have it, but they not, they not trying to do that because they explained it 10,000 times. I was going to say, it kind of reminds me of how uh, folks of color, especially black folk are pegged to talk about racism and inclusion mm. and diversity. Mm-hmm. But Really, the real work is when white folks talk with other white folks. Yeah. They're privileged, mm-hmm. right? And about the work that they need to do. So I totally understand uh, when you say that, you know, trans women and trans uh, folks in general, you don't want to talk about all that. Like, do your work. You know what I mean? You need to come, come along. Um, the other thing, one of the other things that you said reminded me of how difficult this can be for people, as you mentioned. Like, it really can rock uh, the foundation for some people when they try to wrap their mind around queerness or around uh, someone who's trans identified. Um, Part of the work that I do is training and I train uh, various health practitioners on the importance of LGBTQ inclusion for seniors. Mm -hmm. And last week, and I'll make this really brief because this interview isn't about me. um, (laughs) uh, I I was um, in a training with seniors at uh, a care facility and one of the seniors commented when I was talking about uh, trans uh, identities, um, she said, you know, it's genetic and there's just, you know, man and woman. And she was working really hard. Like, like you said, the lesbian gay thing, she had that down, right? It wasn't really a problem, but she could not understand how someone, how everyone wasn't cis, basically. And I remember literally, Lex, when I was saying to her, that unfortunately biology has missed the mark uh, in terms of what we get mm-hmm. in grade school or in college, yeah. that human beings are much more complex. And I gave her some examples and I was going way back to ancient Greece. It got really interesting. But, and I mentioned something like Pluto, right? We thought Pluto was a planet, da, da, da. Do you know, she sat there and she actually started to cry because mm-hmm. the thing in my mind, the reason why I think she started to cry is because it was a moment of disruption for her. You mean to tell me all these years, what I thought, right? What I've been taught, there's no way it can't be right. Cause some people, and, you know, some people like to hold on to it yeah. and she ended up leaving. It was just too much for her. It had gone mm. past her point of understanding. Um, mm. And so she walked out of the room. And I think that's part of the struggle is like, how do we get people to stay in the conversation, right? To, mm. to learn to live into the questions. What if things can look a little bit different? feel it was important for you 
a, like I saw your picture, you're a beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. black male man, right? Um, but I think more importantly, a cishet male, right? Why did you mm-hmm. think it was important for you to speak up so boldly about trans visibility and the trans community? Because we don't see that very much mm-hmm. coming from cishet men, especially black yeah. men. Which is very unfortunate, you know, because a lot of a lot of times guys will be in my inbox very supportingly, um, and they'll they're just af- afraid to take on that, you know, <laughs> all of that energy. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, for me personally, it's really just been sort of a lifetime kind of journey. I remember like. Like we spoke before about uh, Maury Povich and like Jerry Springer. I remember sitting in a room of like 10 guys, you know, I just have a bunch of dudes that ran with in my neighborhood. And I remember we were sitting in a room and we we're looking at one of these programs and, uh, you know, there was a trans person on and they were doing them dirty like they usually do. And everybody in the room was just like cackling, just like laughing uproariously enjoying this moment and I remember just sitting there like so disgustedly like you know um because it was an episode where the uh the woman was confessing her love to her lover who she'd been dating for several months and it's like you know I want to tell you that I'm trans and he's like what and I remember all I can remember was like yeah but she's like she's so pretty though like why is what what's the problem (laughs) (laughs) and that's me being very young I was probably like you know 10, 11, but obviously I know that, you know, a woman's worth is not summed up by how attractive she is or how attracted I am to her, but at that age, we were just being like, wow, but she's so pretty though, like, I don't get right. you know, any of you niggas are laughing right now, like, I'm really, it was my house too, though, you know, mm. you know, man, we about to, you know, I don't have to turn this off, we got to go out and play basketball or something, man, we got to change, we got to change this vibe, but, you know, <laughs> it was like, but, yeah, it's really just been like, I remember thinking to myself, uh, I can't put an actual timeline as far as after that happened, but I remember being up in my room and thinking to myself like, yo, I don't know when I'll be ready to talk about this, but when I'm ready, I'll be ready. I remember that, that was my thing. When I'm ready, I'll be ready kind of thing. Like that was me at like 13. So it's really just been a long time coming. I mean, it's not like that really easy overnight thing and it sucks that you know not to center myself at all because obviously I mean trans people are being targeted and actually being murdered and you know that's something that I can't relate to in that way. You know, that's just unbelievable. So the conversation is always about trans people's needs and trans people's issues and rights. But you know, for me personally it's just been like for me to have to muster the bravery to speak you know that it shouldn't be like that you know and I think I was 24 the first time that I found a friend who was uh, bi and uh, I was able to talk to her about you know transness or trans women or trans anything and it felt so liberating like I didn't even realize until that moment that as much reading of forums and as much different literature that I found and as much different interviews that I would have because, you know, I always had the internet in my house. Um, I hadn't even realized that it, it was 24 years, literally. Wow. 
I had read and, and, and consumed so much different information about transness, and I never said it ever to one other soul, like <laughs> ever. And to say it, it was like unbelievable. It was like breathing. It was like all good things in one moment, in a way. And it's just like, you know, that feeling was, it was impactful enough for me to feel like I know I'm not alone. Hmm. And there has to be more conversation around this and me being an artist, you know, like I'm a soft-spoken person. I'm not like I'm out the mix in a way that we're like, my strength is my voice, you know? It's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's my ability to feel. My strength is my ability to 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 go deep into emotion and to uh, create art. And I wanted to use art um, as a means of uh, activism, artivism, if you will. I like um, that. You know, and yeah, I mean, it's just a long time coming. I felt like I, I know that there's other guys like me and, and doing more talking. Shout out to Malik Yoba too, you know, he hit me up, you know, uh, when he started talking on media as well. And he actually invited me out to the workshop that Carmen Carrera and him are putting on before Trans March on DC September uh, 27th and 28th. Oh, so, wow. That's dope. Yeah, it's going to be really nice. We're going to go out there and we're all going to be, you know, in communion together and really just speaking on love and trauma and, you know, all these different experiences that a lot of other cis men who are willing to stand up and talk about these things are having or have experienced and also obviously not to center ourselves, but also to, you know, hear more trans people's stories and their connection with cis people and really just kind of to like bridge those gaps, you know, kind of like bridge the gap between the communities in some way. So, um, you know, not to get too long-winded, but yeah, just, um, I know I wasn't alone and now speaking up more and the amount of people who I get in my inbox were like, yo, bro, keep going. Like, yo, or like they go and they, they follow femininity and they, they like pictures and it's like, yeah, you know, or like um, even like when I do exhibitions and things and seeing men walk up and, and look at the photographs of people and reading the stories and like sitting there and, and I see their face go through like a, a <laughs> just a... <laughs> A plentitude of emotions and like one millisecond it's just like <laughs> there's this feeling it's like whoa wait you know like almost blown away and then it goes away and then it comes back and it's like huh you know so I mean just the feeling that I get from people being able to um you know see the experiences of more people and also in in the same breath be able to speak out and speak my truth and feel like I'm being holding myself as much as possible, that's dope. And I, I don't think any person should be robbed of that in their life, even though so many have. You know, so. As far as my work, I mean, it's a continuous, continuous work, uh, shooting with uh, femininity, which is, uh, you know, the beauty awareness movement uh, for yeah. trans feminine and, uh, you know, femme, uh, non-binary folks, you know, and, uh, that Instagram is, um, the thing about it is this is kind of a difficult word to spell, you know, <laughs> so I'm thinking about that, but it's uh, at F-E-M-I-N-I-N-I underscore T. <laughs> F-E-M-I-N-I-N-I underscore T. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of N-I's in there, but it's uh, 
femininity, as is to say, um, just showcasing femininity um, from uh, from a trans lens in a way. Um, so, yeah, that's my main work that I'm doing right now. I'm traveling through America as much as possible, and um, I really want to go to uh, all continents, you know. So, I've yet to be to Australia. Um, I definitely want to go to South Africa. I'm thinking about soon. I want to go to Jamaica and, you know, just places where it's almost like insane, insanely tumultuous, like, climate that trans people are still fighting through and still existing through. And that's such an amazing to me. So that's the main work that I'm doing. Um, My my main profile, my private profile, if you want to follow the boy, you know, and see the kind of little fashion stuff I got going on in different talks like this. I'm going to do a YouTube starting really soon called Newman Talks, um, nice. which I'm actually really excited about. Um, so that should be coming soon. And um, you can follow me on uh, Instagram mostly at uh, uh, Lex Newman, so L-E-X-N-U-M-A-N, Lex Newman. So. Yeah, we want to thank Lex for coming on our show and um, just kind of sharing what he does um, with the community and what he's continuing to do. And we wish him all the best. Yes. Check him out at feminine um, on Instagram. That was my throat. (laughs) (laughs) My throat gurgled. Um, Also, check us out if you're not following us on Instagram and the Twitters at Black Queer Pod. And we have a website, y'all, and it is bomb, made by Mally Mac Designs. It is www.blackqueerpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. You can go on there, read our blog posts. You can also listen to the podcast on there. You can, uh, what else can you do? Yeah. Oh, you can go on there and send us. uh, Yeah, you can read about us. Mm -hmm. You can send us, um, you know, messages, suggestions, Mm -hmm. you know, things you want to hear us talk about, questions you want to ask, advice you want to give us, advice you want to get. We Mm -hmm. ain't therapists, but, you know, we (laughs) We can do a little something. Tell you a little something, something. We could pray for you on air. All of that, all of that. Yeah. Um, but make sure you subscribe uh, to us. You don't have to subscribe on the website, but on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher mm-hmm. or um, what's that other one? Google Play. Um, do you want to say anything? Because I just keep talking. No, you're doing a good job. That's it? That's it. Any dedications this week? Do you have one? Um, I do. You know, I want to dedicate this to where we're, our focus with Lex was um, on trans women, especially black trans women. Yeah. I don't think he talked, I mean, we didn't really like go in depth about black trans women. It was just trans women in general, but um, you know, black trans women are being murdered daily and you know, their, the count is going up and up and up. And you know, we have this number, right. Of the, the ones we know about. Right. Yeah, I'm sure there are more. lots that we, we don't, don't know. know about. And mm-hmm. so we just want to dedicate this show to them and mm-hmm. to those that are living and those who are like that is their protest. They yeah. are just continuing to live and trying to press on in this world 
that seems to have a phobia against them. Oh, so yeah. ridiculous. But we love you and we stand with you and we see you. Yes, absolutely. And respect you and admire you. Yes. And we lift you up. Yep. Daily. We may not know your names, but we are lifting you up. Mm-hmm. So this show is dedicated to y'all. We love you guys. We will see you next week. Peace. Peace. Bye. Bye.